Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore Our Geek, episode 141. I'm Andrew. I'm tired. It's early in the morning for this episode. Damn it. That was your idea. It was my idea. Damn it. <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> I'm not used to this morning crap. No, not at all. But this week, we are going to be talking about Marvel's latest release, Black Panther. Black blockbuster, big busting, ass whooping, money making, hardcore suit wearing mo mother trucker that might have made sense I, I i stopped paying attention still early in the morning still way <laughs> too early in the morning so obviously like i said black panther is the latest release in the marvel cinematic universe it is their 18th release yeah that's what 18 jeez have we seen all 18 i know i've missed a few i think uh, i'm I, at about i have personally seen all 18 or yes 16. yeah i think we only have 15 or 16 uh you i don't know you'd be surprised you may have seen all of them i know i haven't seen the first guardians and the first oh, that's right Captain america okay so those are the only two i know i have missed okay and then yeah and then i I don't think I saw the first, no, second Thor movie. Those are the three. Okay. There's a big stretch of time where I wasn't watching these movies. Right. Sorry for. All right. So let's get into it. What did you think? So my initial impression of the impression of the movie was, uh, if you enjoy the kind of Marvel formula that they have really nailed in the last couple of years, you are you have no reason not to like this movie. If you're not a fan of the kind of Marvel shtick, then I think it'll be kind of a snooze fest. And then the the other factor is the kind of fan service in the film. If you're into it. You're going to dig this movie hardcore, and if you're not, it's going to go over your head. So overall, it's not my kind of movie. There are good parts and there are bad parts, but I have a feeling that most every Marvel movie fan is going to enjoy this. And this was this was basically what Marvel needed to do with this character and, and this film. So I, I agree with you in large part. Uh, obviously, being a Marvel fan, I enjoyed it. I think they did the, the, the character well. I really enjoyed the supporting cast, actually, and we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're absolutely right. This is hardcore hardcore Marvel formulaic. Yeah, I was in the theater with a friend of mine, and he really enjoyed the film. And we're watching it, and we're kind of like whispering to each other, "Okay, this is what's gonna this, he's gonna do this next. That's what's gonna happen. Okay, and then this is gonna he's gonna do he's gonna turn on that." Like we were really we were ahead of the film multiple multiple steps. Right. Now that doesn't mean it was bad, but it was just obvious what was going on here. Yeah, I think it I think it was it was the Marvel formula. It was well executed, but it was still you know. Yeah, it was very, Marvel, very it was predictable. Yeah. I think in general, it looked pretty good, looked pretty slick. There were a couple of spots where it looked, it got a little wonky. Yeah, so I, that was the thing is the CG is good, but it's also, it, it's a hit and miss. So for the hits for me were something like the landscape and what's the capital city called? I was calling it Wakanda City, but I don't remember it being mentioned ever in the film. Is there, uh, is it, what is the, do we know the name? No, I mean, typically Wakanda's in the comics, it's such a small country that it's basically like the city like monaco monaco or shanghai or, or uh, singapore yeah basically yeah okay so i thought the the the, the wakanda scape looked really good but there were parts in the movie particularly uh the first waterfall scene where everyone's like hanging off the rocks which does not look like that's up to safety code that did not look safe at all i don't know how they got there either where were the steps and the handrails and the elevator and the handicap access. That just seemed weird. But that sequence, though, that when the, when the camera pans up and looks at the wall, that didn't look very good. That that looked a little wonky. And then there were other times, for instance, in the girl in the in the uh, his sister's lab. A lot of that stuff looked really good, like the 
the the dust holograms that they have or the, the, sand, the sand yeah that was really cool that, that looked cool um but i actually think the kind of black panther scenes where he's jumping around that left especially when he was fighting killmonger at the end it just looked like two cgi goobs throwing punches at each other yeah that's that's the like, one okay. that that's the one that really stuck out to me was that that last fight scene on the train platform yeah 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 and, I agree. and the it, the opening scene when he's fighting against the um the slavers yes that was a that also felt a little bit off yeah the, this has been just an issue with superhero films in general or just most cgi movies like this in general it doesn't matter if it's dc marvel or even lord of the rings is at some point you get cgi goobs fighting each other and at this point we've i've seen it so many times it it's hard to knock the film for it because everyone does it but it still has never looked good it's just never gotten to the point where i go oh good that that's sharp i feel like the first time i i hit that i realized that was uh the second matrix film do you remember the big smith fight we're yeah. about three quarters of the way through. They all just turn into CGI blobs punching yeah. each other. Yeah, see, and I, would, was like, I would say that that in previous Marvel films, they've done a better job. And part of it may be that they've just relied less on CG, right? It was an enhancement mm-hmm. and less of a core technique, we'll say. Which is always, I think, the smart way to go about it. No, I absolutely agree. And I think in order to get what they wanted for this, especially with some of the, the bouncing back back and forth and the, and the acrobatics, they, they, they pushed themselves a little bit much i think they pushed themselves a little too far oh i agree i i think they they just kind of the over-reliance on cg can bite a decent film in the butt and, and it can take you out of the movie yeah you know but again in general i i liked it i think the the risk here is that you know because marvel is do is going to the formula here that they're really starting to, to wear this one thin and and so th- i agree yeah you know, yeah, yeah you know they, totally. they started they started doing little kind of baby steps away with like Guardians 2 and Ant-Man and and then they just they came right back to form on this one. Right. And they, and you could say they mucked with their with it a little bit I think in Ragnarok I think it's fair to say too. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. But but yeah, you're right. Just just right back to form on this one. I also agree the cast, especially the supporting cast were very good. They were fun to watch. Yeah. Um although I have to admit so in the beginning of the movie they the, the movie is set in 1992 and you see uh T'Challa's dad Tachanka, Tachaka, 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 and another his his brother, and then like a, a secret agent, a, another spy they sent to Oakland and have this confrontation that kind of is supposed to set the chain of events forward for this film. Right. And just no way in hell I believe that that's what Forrest Whitaker would have looked like 30 years ago. <laughs> I was like, whoa. No, that's, that's that's fair. That was a little much. I know it's just actors. And you know you can't cast them to look identical, and that's fine. But that was kind of funny to me. Right, but we know, like, but no we know what way that was Forrest Whitaker. Right, we know what Forrest Whitaker looked like thirty years ago. Yeah, that wasn't even close. Yeah, no, but yeah, I mean the supporting and, and cast was again, was really good. Um, you know, Forrest Forrest Whitaker was just kind of Forrest Whitaker, which is fine. I I I don't know that I've ever seen something I really didn't like him in. No, not in not in movies. Um, I thought The Shield was a bit too much for me, but that was a television show. I never watched The Shield, so maybe yeah, that it was helps just me. a little over the too much. Angela, Angela Bassett was great. Yeah. Um, uh, Lupita uh, Nyong'o, I, I really enjoy her. She played mm-hmm. the uh, the general. Right. She, she also did the voice of Maz Kanata in um, Force Awakens, the little or- liked... little orange CG character. Yeah, I I the two characters that that I really liked. Well, well the, the my actually favorite was Andy Serkis in as Ulysses uh, Claw. Um, 
he was my favorite. Oh, you know, I was going to ask how you, really what you, what him, you thought his, of him. And his, and his giant hand cannon. I thought he was pretty cool. And how goofy uh, he was at times. You know, they go back in the room and he's, sing, he's singing uh, Baby Don't Hurt Me. Right. I, 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 enjoy, I thought he was fun because... Probably because the rest of the Wakanda cast were so freaking serious most of the movie. Yeah. He was kind of the, uh, the... a nice break because he was this kind of crazy wild character. But also because he was so under their skin most of the movie. That yeah. was fun to watch. Because it was, I guess the thing about the Wakanda stuff is that their tech was better than stuff you'd see in Star Trek. And they seemed really overpowering. Like like super OP if, they're, if you were playing a video game. Wakanda would be hardcore op and just to have a character get under the skin like that was it was kind of fun to watch uh, and that super freaking hand cannon i was t i told my friend i want one of those hand cannons nice um i also or arm cannon and i also liked uh daniel kalua for the parts that he was in he's he's fun to watch man he's gonna catch hell at home after that whole little coup of his oh yeah she's he's, she's gonna put him in the doghouse for a while after that one yeah no he's not getting laid for a while nope no no not at all. Uh, I will say this. We talked about the reviews for the film because they lift the review embargo like a full two weeks beforehand right. or a week and a half. And that usually means they have trust in the film. And, and they had for good reason because, again, they, they had the formula and they nailed it. But I will say some of the negative comments about the film made sense to me having seen it that I think it would be fair to say that this film did feel long and it's over two hours. I think it's about two hours and 15 minutes. It felt long in spaces. And then I thought somewhere towards the latter third or three quarters of the film it before like the big climactic battle it does really start to drag and, and that's that's where i think it is reasonable to say this it, it was an uneven film at many in many places i i can buy that that that's not an unreasonable statement and i and i don't know why that is i would have to see it again and really think about it maybe it's because they were trying to do too much or or add a lot to the formula because you know you, you you've got the formula and you can like take and add modules to it right and i felt like they probably just added um maybe one or two more modules that they, that they needed and i remember when there's a scene with killmonger and he goes into the the pile of sand that lets you see your dead family members yeah and i remember thinking i don't know if we need to do this one again and that and i had those moments of like okay let's um move this along a little bit i feel like you could chop about 20 minutes from the film and you wouldn't lose you'd be fine and, and you probably have a far more brisker film i think that that scene in particular that you're talking about i think could have been better had there actually been any kind of impact yeah like that that was a very like anticlimactic scene especially when you compare it to the two scenes with with where both of those ser right. serve a no. purpose where it's you know it's hard for yeah. a good man to be king and then it's time for you to you know and then his chance to confront his father about you know what he's done those those, those carried a lot more weight whereas killmongers it was just like oh hi dad yeah i'm not crying for you but then i'm gonna cry a little bit right i feel like you could have just you're you you're not wrong you could probably have done it better however i also think you could have just gotten rid of it and we it would have been it would have come out in the wash sure but i, w I will say did you notice that the dad's eye was like really a lot lower than one eye was lower than the other? Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if he had like a stroke or something. I was going to say, because I don't, is that the same actor from Civil War? It, it is. I looked that up because I had that same thought. I was like, what? What's, I turned to my phone, what's going on? I thought it was like a Ren and Stimpy cartoon where the eyes started to move and we were trying to figure, and the movie was like, did you catch it? Did you catch it? Yeah, I don't know. But it, it's just that the camera was so close to it, you couldn't not notice it. How could you not? No, I, I definitely noticed that. <laughs> and I, and I, I kind of wonder if he if he had like a, a stroke or something. or Yeah, I don't know. Here's, also, also so here's in, my... 
I really real quick in Civil War, as I'm looking at pictures, he was wearing glasses the whole time, so that mm-hmm. may have also masked that a bit. Yeah. So here's the other. Oh, this is my favorite part of the Marvel formula is um. We get two dead dads for the price of one, once again, in in, in a Marvel movie. Even though it's fair to say that T'Challa's dad got killed in Civil War. Um, then we find out Killmonger's dad is killed at the beginning of this movie, spoiler, and by T'Chaka. I said, well, just chalk that up to it. <laughs> that is another notch on the Marvel kill dad belt. Yep. So, But I will say, I like what, um, Ryan Coogler. I really did enjoy Creed, and this is the one thing I was going into the movie hoping for really solid, well-composed action sequences. And I think for the most part, I just got standard Marvel shaky cam. And that was the, the one thing I really felt disappointed about, is that the, with one exception, most of the fight scenes I thought the camera was too close, and too wobbly and you just couldn't get the impact of the action this has been my problem with marvel movies for a long time and your problem with action films in general for a long time especially american ones yes that just you just don't feel the impact now there are some exceptions like we've talked about john wick on this on this before that i thought john wick nailed it and i i I had a higher hope for cool because he did creed so well especially that scene he did in real time where michael b jordan fights uh, another boxer played by a real boxer and it's like a two or three round fight done in real time all in one take and it's just one of the best things put to screen that year and you get a taste of it in the South Korean fight seat, uh, casino scene. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's the one place. It's, right, that's the one place, but only in the beginning where the the uh, general in the red dress is fighting with the spear. And you can just see everything she's doing, and it's clear, and the camera is pulled back, and there's no cutaway. And then the camera goes down the steps and follows T'Challa, and it turns back into a mess. That was really the, that was the only part was with, with her up on the on that balcony or mezzanine but for the most part i just thought the action scenes just really lacking and and again more because i was disappointed because i had a little bit higher expectations with coogler than i have in other with other marvel action directors right because he decreed so well which i again i would suggest everyone see so what did you think of of michael b jordan in this I thought he was okay. Like, we talked about this before. He's hit and miss because he was great in Creed, but awful in Fantastic Four. But Fantastic Four was an awful production. And he's worked with Kugler before, and he's gotten he's twice before because he did um, Creed, but he also did, uh, was it Future Fruitvale Station, which was also, like, uh, well-received. He was well-received in. I thought he was just okay. He was just fine. It was a little campy, but it's a Marvel movie. So I thought... Yeah, see, I thought I thought okay. his acting was, was actually pretty good. I just thought the the character was written a little over the top, a little, little too much. Trying to be a little, oh, yes. a little bit too, you know, I don't know, for lack of a better term, you know, Oakland, a little more, little too, you know, kid getting out of the hood and kind of. Well, like he's he's called Killmonger, and the first thing I think about is like an orc from 40k, and he wasn't that different from an orc from 40k. He had like marks on his body of all the people he killed, and it was like he was, yeah, I he's a little over the top. Yeah, but I do, I do, that actor is starting to grow on me. I, I kind of like him better than. Chadwick Boseman. Um, he was just more fun to watch. Well, I, I was gonna say this, this for me for Michael B. Jordan. This is really like a make or break. Like if he's if he was crap mm-hmm. in this, I was just kind of done with him. I, I'm I'm willing to see more stuff that he's in now because this was uh, better than I expected for him. Yeah, and he's still a young actor, so there's still a lot for him to do. That's also very true. There's still a lot for him to do. We we really do don't have much of a sample size. I mean, we he's been working for a while, but we're talking like big. I'm talking about big pictures. Yeah, like yeah, he was yeah. in Chronicle. 
that kind of stuff. But yeah, like just as he's coming into his own, uh, we will see. Here's what I didn't know about Black Panthers. I thought Black Panther, the, the, the comic book character, was kind of like a Tony Stark with a super suit. I didn't realize that there was a space rock infused power flower that gave him powers. Not exactly sure what those powers are, but it just makes him whoop ass. So, yeah, and I don't know enough about Black Panther from the comics to, to say whether that's a thing or not. I didn't think it was. Neither did I. I that thought it was, surprise. I was, I thought it was well, more of a suit thing. But, oh, oh. Um, I mean, there's at least some some degree of, of mythical something to, to Black Panther because there's at least a storyline. Sure. Well, so there's at least a storyline where someone else takes the mantle, but it but it basically kills them because they're not of royal blood. Kind of like uh, Indiana Jones, you chose poorly, but you more like your daddy and mommy weren't correct. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I haven't read the story, but just kind of little bit of research on that but yeah so there's something more than just like dude in cool suit but um I, you know I, you know i was thinking it's funny you mentioned star trek with the technology i was thinking i liked like the look and the style of all the technology because in you know like in star trek like you look at a, a device and you can say oh it's a federation device that's a klingon that's a romulan whatever mm-hmm. right for for mm-hmm. a lot of the species there's a very distinct look to them and i like sure. the fact that this technology had a fairly distinct look so you can be like that's wakanda like, that's Black no, it Panther. definitely had, it definitely had a distinct look i think my my beef it was, was just it's super advanced like, oh no 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 yeah I, I i get the marvel movies are a little bit you know i mean they, there's a giant fucking aircraft carrier that can cloak okay it's a bit much so i know they have to bring wakanda up to sure. at least you get they've got to be better than shield so okay i get it but man i did not expect it to be that good yeah like they were doing some crazy stuff no no i mean there's definitely there's definitely that but i was just thinking i, I liked the fact that you know all the technology do, technology doesn't like blur together no it certainly doesn't and that's that's true uh i like the design kind of, of it the design of the, the film in general yeah, did you find it kind of funny that they've got these um bodyguards the, the all women bo- secret service bodyguards <coughs> and i immediately thought they were like oh someone saw the Qaddafi bodyguards and were like that's a cool idea what if they actually were badass I don't know. I, I feel like... Do you remember that Gaddafi had, like, an all-female bodyguard unit that followed him around everywhere he went? I, I, I don't Muammar specifically... Do you... I don't specifically remember that oh. about, about Muammar Gaddafi. However... Oh, yeah, he totally uh, he totally did. He had these, these, these women who were, like, claimed to be these elite special forces fighting bodyguard that protected Gaddafi everywhere he went, and... They didn't obviously, do jack yeah, shit. Like, obviously, that didn't work. <laughs> they didn't do jack to work at all. But I just feel like they, somebody saw that and was like, "Yo, what if they were badass? Let's give them to Black Panther." So I don't think I don't think they're going from from Gaddafi. I think again, not not knowing African culture particularly well, I feel like both the comics and Gaddafi are pulling from something else, like a similar source. Probably because like Gaddafi Probably, like ripped off a lot of crap. Oh well, he was crazy, of course. But well, was, he was cra- like, he was crazy. Was it was a lot of. Won't do. Yeah, but I mean, he was known for a lot of faux Afrocentric stuff. Oh, sure. I mean, a lot of, you know, farting and in interviews and all that good stuff. But there was, oh, I, just, man, I saw that. That Larry King interview. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that. And I was like, oh, Gaddafi's bodyguards. Just, they work. <laughs> that was all I could think of. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the. So here's. So here's what's funny. I don't know, but so this has been a pet peeve of mine uh, recently, and it's not. It's just not a problem that's unique to Black Panther. It's not. This is a problem that most fantasy. This is in most fantasy stories. Is the super advanced isolated city. Now I get how it works in fantasy. I don't really have a beef it with it as a trope in fantasy, but I always like to point out with with what I've learned about economics over the last couple years. The 
Space Rock Infused Power Flower giving you supercharged abilities is more believable than a city isolating itself from the rest of the planet for 5,000 years being this advanced. That just, it's not how economics works. It just do doesn't happen. It, it doesn't actually... matter if it's Wakanda. It doesn't matter if it's elves. It's just not isolating yourself for 5,000 years tends to end really badly for whoever's doing it. It's funny. I was actually watching an episode of Star Trek that was kind of like this, except like because they were isolated, the colony would have died had the Enterprise not shown up and like brought new ideas and technology. Right. That That's the whole point of about trade and interacting with the rest of the world is you engage in new ideas, technology, specialization of other societies to better yours. Like that's what's so important about it. But it's just one of these tropes in fantasy that is just kind of taken on face value. <laughs> we just get isolated and then we become awesome because we're not connected to the world, which is not the way it works. What I did like is, however, at the end of the movie, the whole point was to not be isolated anymore which I did appreciate. Yeah, you know, that was that was an interesting twist on what I ex kind of expected to happen. Like, I, you know, it was kind of predictable in terms of, like, new guy comes in, wants to change the status quo. You know, T'Challa wants to save the status quo. And in the end, T'Challa kind of, like, saves the status quo in terms of, like, their, I don't know how I would say their ethics, but, like, they're not doing it, they're doing it in a non-violent manner, right? Because Killmonger, right. Killmonger wanted to conquer, whereas T'Challa executes a similar plan, but with technology and social outreach and things right it, it's with trade it's with with cultural exchange it's with you know the, uh, economics that's that's right that's the correct way to do it so yeah he kind of split he sort of splits the baby in in some sense because he's got that girlfriend character that wants wakanda just to just give and give and take in and all that you know taking the refugees and right just send all the money and then you've got killmonger who wants to and a couple of other of his, of his cohorts who want to use the weaponry to start this kind of worldwide revolution for black people and he says it outright that's yeah. just he, he has a, he has that line where there's two billion people who look like us who who could use this kind of stuff and then you've got the the child character splitting I, I guess essentially splitting the baby is like we're going to do outreach we're not going to do it with weapons but he's still keeping a lot of stuff close to the vest. Oh, sure, sure. Like, I don't, it doesn't appear like Wakanda's about to start open borders refugee intake yet. It's just more like, hey, we're here. But, you know, I, I don't expect a movie to go that deep into it. But, sure. that, but just that was my pet peeve was that's not the way economics works. It's a very bad idea to isolate yourself from the rest of the world. I understand it's a trope, but it's always, for me, it's just always at least worth mentioning in these kind of discussions. Yep. So let's talk box office. So, and I say this because box office mojo finally just updated itself here. Before we do that, there's just two things I wanted to ask you okay. about or okay. mention. Um, because I, I do like the end of isolation, even though uh, Black Panther's not doing democracy. Fine. We can't have it all in one week. But um, the second waterfall scene and him getting chucked off the waterfall in the fight. When you saw that, my first thought was, he's okay, folks. We saw him in the Infinity Wars trailer. <laughs> like, I understand they had to do something, but it had no impact. I mean, I, my brain didn't go to the Infinity War trailer, but my brain went, all right, so where are they going to find him? Well, no, 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 no. But I mean, you, your point is taken. Like, we we, we know Black Panther is going to come out of this. There, there's no there's no cost. There's no, there's no real drama to it. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Absolutely. I, I agree. So, and then I did like where, where he, he goes to the, you know, he, the irony is he winds up with the tribe that didn't like him. And he's like, we're not going to help you. And my thought was, you know, again, my friend and I watch this go, uh, he's not going to help you because he really needs a big entrance during the final battle, which he got and, yeah. it was, and good for him. <laughs> that was, it just goes to the, the kind of formula to this, uh, of, of, to the movie. But yeah, although I did like the interaction. It, well, I, 
where it was like, oh, you know, I'll try and convince the guy. I'll try and convince the guy. And he's like, you know, I could also use an arm. And he's like, no. Yeah. He was, I will say this, behind Claw, that guy was like my second favorite character of the movie. He was fun. Uh, Whatever. He was fun. And he was like legit funny because a lot of the jokes from the movie fell flat except for his. I thought he was legit funny. Like the we're vegetarian joke. Right. Was like was was spot on. And, de- and, he, de- and he delivered it perfectly. And then the whole like we're not. No. <laughs> like, the, ca- no the, character, the character was M'Baku. M'Baku? Who's the actor? I didn't recognize the actor. Winston I recognize most of the actors. Man, what else is he from? Uh, just... He's done a little bit of Modern Family. He was on Person of Interest. He really, uh, he, you know, he really hasn't done all that much, honestly. Yeah, but he was fun. He, his, he had good timing. Uh, I'll say that. According to IMDb, though, we are going to see him in Infinity War. Well, there's something to look forward to. Yeah, well, so, I mean, if you remember the trailer, there's a big fight in what looks like Wakanda, so I assume. Yeah, totally, totally. I was telling a friend of mine that. It's like, it looks like either Wakanda is, like, the first big, the final big battle of the first movie. Because it looks like Thanos is going to hit New York first and then, for whatever reason, find his way to Wakanda. I don't know how, but just that's the way it looks from the trailer. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, okay, let's... those were kind of like my last points with the, you know, the two waterfall fights. Okay. And all that, you know, that kind of stuff. So box off. So I remember we were kind of playing around with box office numbers. And I thought, I, th- I remember I, because I thought, uh, Thor did 140. I was like, this will do something like 160. So, so you did it initially and then you revised it based on Thor numbers. So you said 140. Based on Thor number, 140. And it doesn't matter because it just, both of those numbers got destroyed for the three day weekend. Right. So from box if, office mojo, we are looking at $192 million mm-hmm. for the three day, for the three day, not even, the, not even the, the four day. Right. Cause we've, we've got a holiday and it's looking at least according to Dan Deadline, it's approaching uh, 223 um, for three days. So over three days, Black Panther now beats Avengers Age of Ultron three days number uh, for 191.2 million for the fifth best opening of all time behind Avengers 1. So we, but we've said this now, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm, we didn't know exactly how well it was going to do, but we knew it was going to do super freaking well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is an imp- this is an impressive number, certainly. Super impressive. It, it's better. Super it's impressive. better than we thought, but I mean, we knew this yes. was going to this was going to be a uh, th- th- that Black Panther was just going to crush it. Yes, and what, what I'm curious to see is I forgot where I was reading this. I don't think it was either on Deadline or Watch Mojo, but. They, were, they do these, I, I don't know who does it, but this website was kind of trying to get, gauge audience feel on the movie. And there was like a third of the audience was willing to go back and see it again. And that's where I'm interested is what kind of legs will this movie have? Because yeah. it's historically Marvel movies are super front loaded. Everyone who wants to see the movie sees it the weekend it comes out. And then there's like a 50 to 60, sometimes even close to 70 percent drop. Yep. What happens with this movie? You know, who knows? Because if it has legs like, you know, Jumanji legs it's gonna be a giant slayer uh if it if it but if it plays to history it'll do really well and then peter off in about four weeks yeah so that's just i don't know um i don't know if if fans are gonna want to see this one again or, or again and again and again or it's like yeah i saw it it was great and we're gonna move on what what is in its favor is i can't think of anything coming up that would even come close to siphoning off a large chunk of the audience like at all uh nothing's coming to mind i'm just looking at it real quickly i don't see anything no I don't, I don't see it. I mean, there's certainly some things I'm looking forward to in the next couple of months, but even the next couple yes, of weeks. Yes, I mean, I will say that. We could talk about it in a second because the trailers, I don't know, dude. I'm losing more and more faith in Solo and Ant-Man with, with the more and more trailers I see. 
However, I <clears throat> am suddenly really interested in Red Sparrow for some reason. No, I'm very I'm very interested in Red Sparrow. Um, I mean, I saw the same solo trailer we watched the other day, so I'm just kind of like, okay, like yes. Until yeah, you give was... <laughs> me more, until you give me more, I'm not like going to go crazy. I, I did yep. finally get a trailer for I got one for Gringo, which looked hysterical. I've been hearing about that, but I, I didn't see a trailer. It looked really funny, and then I had one for Tomb Raider. Oh God, yes. Um, but I'm look. All you had to tell me who is Laura Croft that I'm sold. I don't even have to see a trailer. I'm so sold on that movie. No, but so it looks it, it looks like it's it's loosely based on the the recent um, Tomb Raider reboot series, which is like a much grittier yeah. like kind of character right, right, and, yeah. and I think that could go very well I don't know like, I mean it's a video oh, game it's too. a video game movie so I mean nobody's holding their breath those. but right. I, I think at least as video game movies go if they don't go completely stupid on it mm-hmm. um, it's got some potential I just love Alicia Vikander I, th- I just think she is so good and she is super cute and I think she she just looks great as Laura Croft too like she just looks the part really well so I'm I'm pumped for that the other one I'm pumped for is did you get a Death Wish trailer i did not oh we got death wish and i it's like i love the original death wish i love me some badass bruce willis and i really want eli roth to to make a good movie because i like watching interviews with eli roth i'm not so big on watching movies by eli roth because they just don't seem to land for me so i'm kind of kind of rooting for him and we got a Ready Player One trailer that we've already seen, but again, really rooting for Spielberg in that one. You know, just take it, taking a look at March. There's actually a fair number of movies I'm kind of looking forward to. There's Red Sparrow. Yep. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it, but I think A Wrinkle in Time will do well. So we were actually in Disney on Tuesday, and they had like a big 10-minute preview in a theater in the California Adventureland. We were on the that side. Yeah, I did. I did and, something uh, similar for Thor Ragnarok. Probably the same. Yeah, theater. and I, I was like, I was like watching it. Go, okay, this is probably not a movie movie for me but it does look interesting no i mean i know i never read that book as a kid i know i know a bunch of people who did but i never did so like it doesn't have that emotional pull for me but um yeah i said gringo looks funny tomb raider has potential um this is all in march right so the other one in march i want to see that looks a little low too low budget to be considered quote-unquote good is uh Seven Days in Intembe, the uh, the story of okay. uh, the Air France flight that got taken to Uganda, um, yep. and then the Israeli special forces flew to Uganda to get the hostages back out. Yep, um, it's a remarkable story. Uh, a really, really interesting po- moment in, in history in the mid 20th century. I've watched the trailer a few times. Eh, I don't know if this was the budget to really. Like, there's no one really attached to it that was like, whoa, you got to see this. It just seems like a really low-budget retelling of a really compelling story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm down for Pacific Rim to watch giant robots beat the crap out of each other. That's not Transformers. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I saw the first one, bleh, but you know what? If you just put it like that, fine. Oh, fine. Fine. Go for it. Fine. Right. And then... Scott Eastwood. I didn't realize I Kill Giants is coming out, which is a... Oh, a, no, I didn't... That's a... That's a a very well-known and received um, graphic novel. I actually am kind of interested in seeing Isle of Dogs. It's the it's the ne- it's the next uh, Wes Anderson animated film. Yeah, that, that kind just, of it's just style it, of fantasy, uh, Mr. Fox. I've got to be in the right mood for Wes Anderson. Uh, granted, 
granted, but I, I, and look, the trailer, you watch the trailer, you're like, well, this movie's freaking weird. But this is like my kind of weird. Well, it's so. Wes Anderson. If you watch a Wes Anderson trailer and don't go, this movie's fucking weird. You're, right. You're not thinking clearly. No, totally. Um, and then the last one, there's Ready Player One. So there's one more. No, that was it. Was right. Yeah, Ready Player One is the last one of the of the of the of March. Yeah, March could be fun. Yeah, or it could be really depressing. If that could be, if, yeah, that could be. Like it could be like, yeah, these are there's a whole bunch of really great movies, and then all of them bomb like crazy. Oof, or just be... suck, just a, a dump truck full of dicks. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, March could. This is a tough month, man. Mar- Mar- March could be a really great month or a really shit month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, any final? Any final thoughts on Black Panther? I was gonna say no, no. You first. Are you first? Is there any final thoughts on Black Panther? God damn it! You first. Not really. Like I said, I, I enjoyed the film. I really want Marvel to stretch their legs a little bit, right? I mean, we're, we we've mm-hmm. seen what Marvel characters can do in different style stories. Right, we've gotten we've gotten Logan, we've gotten Deadpool. We're we're going to get um, new mutants here in the not too distant future. I mean, the yes, it's not Disney doing these, but Marvel pay attention and be willing to experiment because sure. it, it is paying off. Um, but other than that, like I said I enjoyed Black Panther, and I mean, I will definitely go see a sequel to this. Sure, and I'm, uh, there will be plenty. Uh, I guess my final thoughts are basically echoing what you're saying and and what I said at the beginning. If you are a Marvel fan, I mean, you have no reason not to not to like this movie. And even me, as a, as a not Marvel fan, who I've, I've basically given you know given these type of movies enough enough goes to realize that they're not for me. There was never a moment where I went super cringy watching it. Like, oh, what was that? That that never that didn't really happen. You, I was watching, going, eh, okay, I don't think that worked, or this is that, you know, this didn't work. That's a little silly. That doesn't make sense. But there was no moment of just what the fuck that. You you do get, you know, <clears throat> in certain <clears throat> superhero <clears throat> DC movies, right? That wasn't here. So right. yeah, good on them. But so and again, you make a boatload of money. Yeah. All right. So what have you been into this week? All right. Believe it or not, I, I I myself stretched my legs to go into a genre that I didn't think I was ever going to attempt to do, and I. I got I, I attempted to read the second book in the Fifty Shades of Grey series because I got a got a hold of a copy like super cheap and I'm three chapters in and it is I'm stunned how freaking monotonous the this book is it is so freaking boring I thought it was supposed to be some sort of erotic thriller slash romance it's just rich people or a really rich stalker boyfriend bickering with his twenty year old college girlfriend it or whatever however it's so freaking boring i tried it i got three chapters in i don't know if i'm gonna pick it back up that was i don't what is the appeal of that book i don't get it you're not a middle-aged housewife that's the problem it's gotta be a guess but middle-aged housewives really love bickering couples or something i was it was like where the frick is the bondage (laughs) this is unbearable uh other than that did i meant i i Oh, um, did you see the uh, Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix? I have not yet. Did we talk about this? Did we mention this? Uh, we mentioned it no. last week, I think. Or in, like, well, briefly, right? Yeah, just kind of in the context of the Super Bowl. Okay, let me just go on a quick rant about this, because I heard other commentators on other podcasts talking about how this was kind of a new innovation in how cinema was going to be marketed and consumed for the future, because we didn't see a trailer for it, we didn't know if the movie was ever going to be released, and then the trailer 
trailer drops on on the Super Bowl Sunday or Super Bowl Sunday during the during the game, and it's right on Netflix. The second you want to see it, this kind of fantastic stealth marketing move on a movie, and it's not true. What happened here is they made a crappy science fiction movie that they shoehorned into the Cloverfield world. The studio knew they had crap and dumped it on Netflix for fifty million dollars. That's what happened. It was not some sort of brilliant advance in marketing and distribution or consumption of movies. It was just a dumb science fiction movie that for whatever reason they attempted to shoehorn into the Cloverfield franchise after the fact. And it's like an amalgamation of all the worst aspects of dumb sci-fi horror you could possibly think of. And it was just kind of a joke. It was really a joke. I don't know. I, I guess Netflix just makes so much money off subscribers they can dump $50 million on a crap movie like this and just not think about it or dump whatever how many millions of dollars they're doing on that next Scorsese film they're going to do. But great. Uh, just what I don't know what the hell that was, but my God, was it bad. I find it really interesting that Netflix has done so well with, with shows in terms of original content and they're just bombing this hard with feature-length films. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing you can say about it is it, this not... A Netflix original. This is something they bought from another studio. Okay, that's but fair. it just amazes me that 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 the studio could just unload it like just like that, and Netflix is like, sure, we'll take it. It's like either either their business model is wacky, or they are making so much money it doesn't matter to them. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I just I know their 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 behaviors are their their finances. I don't think are readily available. But that that was really if I went to I went to California Adventure Park on Tuesday. Um, I like right. I liked California Adventure. Well. It, I'll tell you the thing I really did like was two things that stuck out. Tower of Terror is now Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. And that, I, you know how there's stages of grief? I, I really just oscillate between anger and acceptance. And I just, I, that's just how I, because I really love the original Tower of Terror. And I'm not a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And I love the Twilight Zone. So I just oscillated between anger and acceptance most of the day on that topic. But the ride was still fun. Yeah. Um, and then we saw the Frozen show. Or, or I get they had that show, the Hi Hyperion Theater or Hyporian Theater, whatever they have. Yeah. And they did Frozen. And I had not seen the movie Frozen. So I got to watch the show Frozen. And I will actually be really impressed. It was a big budget Broadway style musical. Yeah. Becky's favorite down in, in Disney World is the Little Nemo one. And that's actually really fucking impressive. I, I guess they rotate them out of this particular theater uh, because other people we talked to said they had seen Aladdin and they had seen other ones. Yeah. So I guess it's like they'll do a run. Uh, and part of me is like, I'm watching it going, this is really darn good. Uh, why are they hiding it behind, you know, the gates of the park in a, in a hundred dollar, you know, paywall to just get into the park to see this? Because this is, that was almost worth price of admission. And I feel like if Disney just, you know, moved the entrance to that theater to street level, to the sidewalk, people be, and, and put a reasonable ticket price on it, people be like going to it all the time. Yeah. I get it's a it's a nice little treat for people who are in the park to just walk into a Broadway quality show for free, you know, yeah. every couple hours. I get I get that. I also I also get that. But it was really really impressive. There were like trap doors and um, wire suspensions and special. It was really something. And that was that, that was about it for me. It's been it's been a pretty busy week, and so I haven't gotten a chance to really indulge in any pop culture. Uh, 
well, let's see here. Um, it's also been a pretty busy week for me. I think I've worked 30 hours of overtime in six days. Ouch. So, yeah, I pulled a 70-hour week, which is always fun. Um, but, I, I mean, I did get a little bit. So I finished listening to Rising Sun. And as good as that book is, I forgot how unsatisfying the ending is. Mm. Like, it, I don't know I'd say it's disappointing, but you just kind of walk walk out of there and be like having having read it and now having listened to it again i'm going oh yeah that's how it ended <laughs> forgot about that part so there was that um and i've now switched to listening to um the right stuff which is the oh, yes. the one about all the the early test pilots and then then the, the astronaut astronauts. program and yeah that movie is great it's long as day but the movie's really oh no great. yeah the, i think it's pushing four hours mm-hmm. no it's, it's a fantastic movie and it's a, and it's a it's actually a reasonably good book i'm i'm a little impressed they made it into a four-hour movie because the book Giant is book. Uh, you know the book the book is actually moving along at a pretty good clip so mm. what i didn't realize is that the um the guy who wrote it was actually basically commissioned by um yon warner of rolling stone mm. to, to do it so it's got that kind of like journalistic like it's got a it's not Hunter S. Thompson, but it's got a similar right. style and feel from that that time period. So, sure. you know that that kind of that style of journalism and whatnot. So, I, I'm I'm enjoying listening to it. It's also performed by um, Dennis Quaid. Oh, cool! At first, I was like, like I I mixed up Dennis and Randy first for like a moment in my head, and I was like, what the fuck? Right. He's like, no, 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 not Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. No, I mean, I see, he, but the sad part is, if you're just listening to Dennis Quaid. You can't see all his wacky facial expressions. No, you, you can't. Kinda... You can't. But he does a really good job. You can feel the facial expressions. Yes, you can, especially because <laughs> yeah, at, at times he's he's speaking in in various accents. Mm. So, like, I mean, there's a whole part about, um, like, Chuck Yeager and how Chuck Yeager's demeanor and his accent and his way of speaking migrated from, literally from Yeager, out to the entire pilot industry. And, well, that's uh, funny. Yeah, and it, and, and so you get Randy Quaid, or, now I'm saying it too, you get Dennis Quaid talking in that, ah. in that West Virginia accent a lot, and it's kind of, you can see, like, you can mentally see the facial expressions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Uh, I've done that, and I'm, I'm getting very close to having finished uh lord of light which has been it's it's not a book i'm getting through quickly i wouldn't call it dense but it's like high concept so i'm i'm really enjoying it but it's it's a slow read but man is it good like it's one of those i i would love to see this get made into a movie it's never it's never gonna happen and it's never gonna live up to to expectations no yeah and and i mean it's it's been in development hell since the um since the iranian hostage crisis yeah because if you remember the movie Argo and and Ben right. a- Ben Affleck's character, they're they're, they're pretending they're going to make a movie and they're going to make a movie of Lord of Light. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's been about it. Yeah, pretty low key week. Yeah, I mean, other than the, the, the smash hit that was Black Panther. I mean, it's, every, I mean, it's been a low it's good. been a low key week for us. We're not really involved in Black Panther for Marvel and, no. and Chadwick Boseman and, and those folks. It's been a fuck awesome week, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been it's been huge. And then and then for fans, they are yep, like absolutely crazy about it. It's funny because like my friend who saw it, he doesn't like Marvel movies, but there was the right amount of you know quote unquote fan service for him that he walked out very happy. Yeah, he wants to, but he wants, but he still wants to be Killmonger for Halloween. Go for it. And, and I was like, I think uh, you're going to be disappointed with the comic book version of Killmonger. But you know what? You saw the movie. That's your that's your, that's your truth. Go for it. Yep. All right, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head over to thereforegeek.com and check out our blog post and our podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Duder. And you've been listening to Therefore a Geek.